Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you very much, and we are here. We are back. Uh, welcome to the program. Uh, Andrea Tantaros is uh, is with us, hopefully. I mean, she was with us two seconds ago, but apparently there's been uh, somewhat of a drop-off. Um, we um, Andrea is one of the most popular stars on Fox News Channel, where she co-hosts one of television's hottest ensembles, Outnumbered. She is, serves in a senior communication role on a number of high-profile political campaigns in Capitol Hill and in corporate America, uh, and she is the author of the new book, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable. Andrea, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, you know, your book is is quite timely in that it's uh, – Almost a a new version, and perhaps a uh, an updated version of Betty for Dan's Feminine Mystique, which of course was had um, earth shattering effects on the 1960s and the rise of the feminist movement. And yet, you say that uh, the feminism has uh, somewhat of a deleterious side for women. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure. Um, I uh, I wrote this book because feminism has done a lot of good. A lot of good. I wouldn't be able to even do my job without it. So uh, I tip my hat to the feminists and um, not don't intend with this book to tear them down. There's plenty of books that do that. But it's a real look at the consequences of feminism. You know, with more women in power and more women making money and crushing it in their careers, you're going to have unintended consequences that no one wants to talk about. And so women are increasingly unhappy. I mean, you see, you see study after study and poll after poll and plenty of anecdotal evidence. So I wrote this book to figure out why. And I came up with a number of reasons. And one of them was that, especially my generation, the daughters of Betty for Dan, you know, the first to really benefit and reap the fruits of feminism, we were told that we didn't need men. We were told that we could do everything on our own. We could, to have it all, women thought we have to be able to do it all. And we're exhausted. I mean, we could strangle Gloria Steinem if we saw her. Um, it's been too good for us, too many opportunities. Um, and in that quest for equal rights, in that quest for all the power that men had, we started to not just shirk men and say, we don't need you. We can do it ourselves, much to our detriment. We did it at the expense of men by emulating men. I mean, in a covetous quest for what they had, we started and we were told to, act like men, work like men, negotiate like men, date like men, espouse the traits of men. The problem is we're not men. Women are wired differently. All you have to do is turn on The Bachelor. Okay? You don't have, there's no study. Just turn on The Bachelor and watch a group of women meet a man for 10 seconds, and if they don't get a rose, they start sobbing and they want to jump off a bridge. I mean, men don't do that. <laughs> women are, are very, very different. But we've been denying these gender differences for decades, and it's caused so much mass confusion, especially the telling men they're not needed part, because it's made men essentially say, okay, you don't need us? Fine. We'll just check out of society. 
And if you look at the numbers, men are opting out of marriage. They're opting out of monogamy because women took monogamy off the table in the feminist movement. It was all about sexual freedom and empowerment, just like the guys had. So you have this crisis among the sexes with men on Tinder and Happen and dating apps and women going, what the heck? Where are all the good men? I mean, where are all the dating rituals? And so that's why I wrote this book because I really wished it were around when I was in my 20s. Um, And I decided if I can't find that book, I'm going to write it myself. No, and you, you've done a great job. I think that what, what you're saying here is that um, women certainly are equal when it comes to uh, opportunities in the workplace, but at the same time, women are different. That uh, you know, I think there is a move today in the feminist movement and amongst women that that is is starting to uh, once again acknowledge the obvious difference between men and women, and that's also emotional as well as physical and and mental, and. Um, that uh, Gloria Steinem was into this egalitarian idea that all people have to be equal. And, you know, I remember a story mm-hmm. I, I saw a while ago that she, she was very denigrating of marriage and, and having children. Mm-hmm. In fact, Ms. Magazine had a couple where they showed a, a baby boy and they said, what happens when you give birth to the enemy? And um, uh-huh. she, uh, But then later on in life, she got married. And I remember a lot of women were furious because they were like, here I am. I chose not to be married. I, I looked up to uh, to uh-huh. as my my ideal and and it's about getting too late and here she is and then when she was asked about it she says well this works for me you know I'm not here to I'm not doing mm-hmm. it for anyone else yeah so you know exactly a selfishness and a, and a hollowness there that um, many people many women really were hurt by and that they came to regret it's absolutely true um, women. And you and you make such a good point. There's a lot of us, myself included, that while we're grateful for for the sacrifices that feminists made, um, they didn't do it. They didn't have to do it at the expense of men, and and they've caused real damage to men. Men that men that we love, men that we want to be in relationships with. Um, you know, well, I love one particular man, um, but I'm saying in general, men. Um, and women, they, they want to be with each other, and, and they want to be in committed relationships. No man wants his woman hopping all over town, and no woman wants her man running all over town. That's just a fact. But you bring up something really important, and feminist Phyllis Chesler told me the same thing, that when she was part of the movement, um, that she decided to get married, and they turned on her. The man-hating crowd, they turned on her, and then she had a little boy, and they couldn't believe that she was abandoning the movement to raise a little boy. And she said, I just, I can't believe it. And I was just so betrayed. And, and you hit on something, the hypocrisy. If you actually look at the lives of Gloria Steinem or even early feminists like Simone de Beauvoir, they all had men mm. in their lives. And frankly, they had men paying their bills. I don't have men paying my bills. They had men paying their bills and they're out there going, women, don't get married. Don't do it. This. And all these women are, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and, you know, following the leader like sheep. And look what it's look where it's gotten them. Look what it's gotten them because they went and they they got married. They just said, okay, we're going to go right. get married. So you have all these women going, hey, we were following you. Now you just now you just went off and get married. That's why my book is empowering women. Listen to your gut. Your heart is mm. too emotional. Your head can be too rational. Your gut's always right. If you feel in your heart that going out and sleeping around like a man, because you read an article in Vogue, and there is one recently about, you know, you should go out and embrace Tinder. You know, embrace Tinder. Just have sex all over the place. It'll make you feel amazing, Um, which I don't know any woman 
that has done that and not gotten a call back the next day who feels terrific about herself. But it's the no. same thing. You don't have to follow feminist doctrine. Do what you want to do. Don't listen to them. They're hypocrites. Right. Okay, my guest is Andrea Tentaro. She's Fox News commentator, the author of the new book, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable. Uh, Andrea, I want to ask you a question that is currently part of the uh, national election, and that is mm-hmm. the issue of equal work, equal pay for women and equal, uh, and equal work. And um, putting aside the fact that um, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State did not observe this, women were less in her administration than men, just like a lot of mm-hmm. other public organizations, including that of the White House. Um, it is an issue that's come up. Uh, do you think it is a real issue? And why is there, there is, to the degree there is, why is there a disparity? Well, I mean, quite candidly, and I know a lot of Republicans would disagree with this, but um, quite candidly, there are workplaces where women aren't paid as much as men. I mean, there are laws in the right. books that, that prevent that from happening, but, I mean, it, it exists. Um, it, it, I would sure. say the lion's share um, of businesses nowadays um, do pay women as much as men. But to say that in every corner – Every crevice of the country, every business, every industry, women are being paid as much as men. It's just not quite accurate. And, and we have these debates on TV all the time where um, the stats, of course, show that women uh, want to have children, and so they opt for a more flexible work schedule or they go part-time, which is, if you look at the data, the reason for a lot of these pay disparities. Right. But just as uh-huh. you mentioned, the Obama White House, Hillary Clinton's staff, yeah. two liberal hypocrites. Um, they don't pay their women as much as men. I mean, I've worked in offices where I haven't been paid as much as the men, um, and I'm just as good as the men. But then again, I have a job now where I probably make four times what the one lucky guy makes who sits in the center of the couch. So I think the issue is very gray and complex. And I think when we talk about it on TV or we have these political debates, they always have to be black or white. You know, you have to pick a side. My book is not about picking a side. It's not about filleting feminists or filleting feminism. It's about giving feminists credit because they, they are right about some things. They are, and they made a lot of headway. But they also have to acknowledge that conservative women like myself and conservatives are right, that they got a lot of things wrong. They did a lot mm-hmm. of things at the expense of men to minimize men, and it has caused profound effects in our culture and our society um, with how it's become a woman's world. We see on the NFL games, it's all pink cleats and pink everywhere and pinkness. Uh, we have to demand entry to every military, um, uh-huh. you know, corner of the world. We have to be in every golf club, whether it's men or women. I don't see men doing that, but we're just, we're doing things for the sake of being women. And I think it undermines the whole purpose of feminism, which is, you know, equal um, based on ability. Um, because, because right. not just because we're a woman. Right, and and I also think you make the point earlier that um, feminism, or some of the leaders, got caught up in the uh, the sexual revolution, which was dand- damaging to uh, to probably to women more than men even. Um, but I want to ask you, of course, about um, nominee or uh, presumptive nominee Donald Trump. Now, I I mm-hmm. am a supporter and an admirer. of of Trump for a lot of reasons, going way back to his book, uh, The Art of the Deal. I think he's an unusual, transformative figure. But my my wife and my 17-year-old daughter, both of whom are relatively conservative, they despise Trump. 
Now, Trump, when I look at polling, he polls very poorly among women. And they view mm-hmm. him as a misogynist and as a just a nasty uh, attitude toward women. What do you say about that, and what can be done about that? Well, there's no question that when you look at the numbers with women and Donald Trump, he's got a problem. He's, he has a problem on his hands. Um, arguably one that he you know, didn't help with some of the things that he said um, in this election cycle, which I took him to task for and, and a number of others. However, um, I don't believe him to be a misogynist. I, I think that's a little step too far. Um, I also look at the woman that he's running against, a woman who claims that she is – you know, done so much and sacrificed her entire career um, to advance women. And, and I would say to that, you are, you're, Hillary, you're only concerned about the advancement of, of one woman, and, and that's yourself. Right. So yeah. there's an opportunity, one, because she has bullied women. Um, and I know she rolled out Madeleine Albright, and I know she rolled out Gloria Steinem to try and help her along the way. I'm um, to say, you know, there's a special place in hell if you don't support Hillary. Um, I and that, I, I don't believe that millennial women, they, they're not buying that either. I mean, they're not, they're not going to be bullied and forced into supporting a woman just because she's a woman. Um, they don't believe in just sticking by your man, even though he runs around and embarrasses you um, on, a, on a national stage. Um, they don't believe either that women should speak to other women the way that Gloria Steinem spoke to them. Oh, you, you women, you, you girls, you're just with Bernie Sanders to get a date because that's where the boys are. I mean, that was – to me, that was the mask yep. flipping of feminism. Like you could see what really is on the underbelly there. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of eating our own. And, and millennial women and women in general are so smart. We see a phony a mile away. And the last thing we want is someone throwing shade that claims to have our back. So I think Hillary hmm. has a real opportunity. But Donald Trump has to articulate the right message to put a dent in her support. And look, he's playing the man card. And I wrote this column yesterday in the Daily Caller. He's defending men. He's saying Hillary is very nasty to men, um, which is funny because I've never heard a politician play the man card. But he's got the lion's share of, of male voters. He's going to pick up all of Sanders, I believe, a lot of Sanders' male voters because oh, um, yes, of his I positions agree. on trade. So the question uh-huh. is, in this gender war that's, that's, in, that's you know, afoot, this battle of the uh-huh. sexes, can Donald Trump turn around his image enough with women especially the ones that don't like Hillary. And I think that he, he just has to, again, go after her for demeaning mothers and stay-at-home moms and point out her past and how she's interacted with women and her surrogates. But he needs to also get some women on his team. Um, and his daughter is the best surrogate he has, Ivanka. Yes, but he very, needs very more good. to go out and, and make the case for him, for sure. Right. I mean, actually, at the point that his wife made about his insults and some of his really nasty comments, in that she said, look, he's an equal opportunity insulter. If you attack Trump and if you go after him, he'll go after you. He doesn't care whether you're a woman or a man. And in that sense, he actually is more of a feminist. You know, we, all, we many of well, the feminists right. want to have this Victorian idea that women have to be treated on a pedestal like, like little, uh, you know, glass figures and that you can't say this about a woman. And that Trump doesn't, you know, he's sort of, it's, it's interesting. I mean, he's above, he seems to not be affected by this sort of, some of these co- social norms and this groupthink. He's very much as, you know, kind of cut at the cloth of, of an older man, actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, and you bring up such a good point. I thought the same thing when I read the interview, and then Ivanka said the same thing um, in defense of her father, where she said, look, if you're a man or you're a woman and you come after my father, he's going to come back at you. And, and, and he's just an equal opportunity, you know, um, defender of his reputation and what he believes in. And I thought, brilliant, brilliant, because this yeah. is the big hypocrisy with women. And I would just love a feminist to clear it up for me. Are we special? Are we victims? Do we need unique and special carve-outs and rules? Um, because we are different, which, again, goes against feminist doctrine. Do we need regulations on college campuses? Um, because we can't handle our liquor, and men can. I mean, we did a story like that the other day, you know, on, on Fox. Um, do we need special treatment? Are we strong? Do we, do, can we just play with the guys? Do, you know, do we, can we handle our own? Um, or do we, do we need you know, the society to say we're a woman and so we're going to put you in a different, you know, class and we're going, to, we're going to lower standards in the military for you so you can be with the guys. And you hit on it exactly. By women speaking up and saying, oh, he did this because I'm a woman and I'm a woman and I need protection. How dare you do this because I'm a woman? It flies in the face of feminism completely. And, and Donald it Trump does, is being equal, right? Yeah, it seems to be the stock and trade. And also – his daughter said that, look, he brought them up to be just as successful as their brothers. In fact, uh, Ivanka is the favorite child. She's practically the head of the entire organization. He admires – the thing I think people need to understand about Trump is that he admires success. He admires accomplishment. Mm -hmm. He admires achievement. He doesn't care whether it's a, a woman or a man, whether they're black or white. I mean, he's not into that. Something that, uh, in a way, it takes away that card, which is the most one of the biggest weapons in their arsenal. Uh, which is an right. of saying he's racist. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's a, does anybody really think that Donald Trump has something against someone because of their race? It's absurd. <laughs> and and really, it's a weak argument on the left. It's all they have. I mean, they're running old plays like War on Women. You know, he's a racist. I mean, it's like a they're a broken record. You know, death, yeah. you know, on skip, repeat over and over. And as you point out, there's a real opportunity to you know expose the hypocrisy. Ladies, are we weak? Hillary, do you need Bill or do you not? Because you said you're a strong, independent woman, and then last Tuesday you said, I need Bill on the campaign trail. I need to bring him out here. Which one is it? Can you do your business and handle your business all on your own, or do you need your husband? I don't care which one it is. Just for me and the American people, clear it up. Make a decision. Pick one. There you go. Tough question. Uh, Andrea, <laughs> you uh you basically are presenting kind of a, a book that really gets into some real fundamental social questions, a, a, a snapshot at where we are as a society with regard to uh, the relation between the sexes. And, and you're, you're reintroducing certain concepts that would bring back a certain balance between the sexes that would benefit both sides and that would benefit mm -hmm. the whole family in the real sense and bring up a balance. One of the things you mentioned earlier that I think resonates with me is that there is a difference between men and women, that, uh, and this is something that many feminists are now admitting, that in a sense the, uh, the marriage between a man and a woman is a, a merge between two different ways of being to, to make a, a more whole unit to, and then to uh, therefore nurture children. Uh, I think that what you're, you're getting at here or what you're moving toward is a reassertion of these obvious natural differences and how they are good and how they are complementary, that we're not all exactly the same. This isn't an egalitarian world. 
That's absolutely true. And I don't, again, I don't, you know, seek to impugn all feminists. I think mm-hmm. there's plenty of books out there right. that do that. This is a book, as a conservative, it's up to us to conserve. We have to make a case for things that are worth conserving, like intimacy and monogamy, kindness, respect, all of the things that have been denigrated um, by the rise of feminism. Um, and it's going to take a conservative to do it. A lot of conservatives like to stick their head in the sand and I don't want to talk about, you know, the hookup culture because it's uncomfortable and it's a provocative thing. I said, you know what, if we're really going to make a difference, instead of ceding everything to liberals, if we really want to make a difference, we have to show up and we have to do it. And it's uncomfortable to talk about the hookup culture, but we have to do it. And it's risky and you're going to get blowback, you know, for provocative material in my book. Guess what? It's not my words. It's the culture. The culture is provocative. We are an overly sex-obsessed culture, and the only way to start getting it back and helping people become happier and more authentic and back to their own biological wiring instead of what feminist tells us is to have these conversations. And so that's what I sought to do. No, and I'm proud of you for doing it. I mean, obviously having the the hookup culture hurts women more than men. I mean, that mm-hmm. it's, it's tragic, actually, what's gone on with that. And it's a, it's in a sense, it's getting away from having a genuine, meaningful relationship with another person. But, you know, that has a certain mm-hmm. level of standards to it and some sacredness to it, rather than just giving it all away. And uh, it's sad, in a way, to to think that uh, that that's what's been advocated by by left wingers going back to the 1960s. I mean, the, the number of lives yeah. that have been hurt and destroyed by this. It's actually and they're you know, not happy. No. And they're not happy. I mean, young women are graduating from college with far lower self-esteem than when they entered it, and they have a degree. And you talk to girls now, and I did dozens and dozens of interviews. They say, Andrea, guys don't even call me on the phone. I feel pressure to go on Tinder. I don't want to go on Tinder. And then if I don't give up the milk, let's say on the first, second, or third date, um, I fear he's going to dump me. And and there's a study out there that I found that also backs that up. Mm-hmm. So women are being forced to be intimate when they don't want to be because it's too soon for fear that the guy's going to dump them. I mean, tell me how that's feminism by playing by his rules. Um, We basically need to unionize on this point, um, but women were never wired to go out and have sex like men. Uh, The character from Sex in the City, Samantha, um, she was made just so that men would watch the show. I mean, I don't know many women that that act like her and that are super duper happy at the end of the day. So they they sold us a false bill of goods. And and also one last thing in this book, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of information, a lot of quotes from pop culture figures that you would never expect, like Lady Gaga, Beyonce, uh, Sheryl Sandberg, uh, Zosha Mamet, uh, Lena Dunham's best friend in the show Girls, all of them calling for a return to tradition and, you know, saying that, listen, you, ladies, when I'm at home, I'm the wife and my husband's a man and I could never be the woman that I am without my husband. Uh, Beyonce said that. Lady Gaga said, when I come home, I may be the strong woman on the stage, but my man takes control when I walk in that door. All of these conservative traditional messages that are out there from non-traditional messengers. And so don't take mm-hmm. my word for it. If these women are calling for it, maybe it's time we all wake up and say, it's okay That's to right. say I like being a girl. Yeah, I think that the wake-up is the key, key word there, Andrea. Now, every election has certain issues that bubble to the surface out of nowhere, as if they were manufactured in some ad agency or something. The last election, it was the issue of contraception. 
I remember Mitt Romney was like, what? What are you talking about? Contraception's been around since 1965, but suddenly it becomes the big, the big issue of the campaign. This year, it seems to me, it's this bathroom issue. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, th- there has to be both laws that allow transgender to go to the bathroom and there are laws that ban them. I think that, again, the conservatives are, are, are getting sucked into something, a false argument. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump actually had it right. I heard him in an interview when he said, look, this is not an issue. You know, people have been going into men's and women's rooms since time immemorial, wearing a skirt or wearing pants. Just leave it alone. If someone behaves and somebody operates appropriately, nobody needs to know. It's a personal, private matter. Let's not get into signing a federal case over this and and, then signing laws on both sides. How do you think this is going to play out? And this seems to me to be a big card this year. Um, You are so right. Um, Every year there's a new new front that they try and trap Mm -hmm. conservatives on. And you're right. This year it's the the bathroom issue Um, because the the birth control issue, um, that that play has been run and run again and again. And Republicans Mm -hmm. always take the bait. The unique thing about Donald Trump, he took it off the table. He said, I don't care which restroom you use next. And so I really think that – uh, even though so many establishment Republicans say, oh, we hate Donald Trump, we can't believe it, he, he's masterful at not getting mired in the traps. Um, the only trap and the bait that he took, which was a little disappointing, was with, was, uh, with Chris Matthews on abortion. Oh, well, when yeah, he said, a, yeah. He shouldn't have gone along with him. I mean, he's, he's like a bulldog. I mean, that's, Trump got sucked into that. I mean, that was a conversation. <laughs> he doesn't need to do those mm-hmm. shows. I mean, as you might know, yeah, he should have just said, uh, right? Right. He should have said, look, it's, it's, um, I don't deal in hypotheticals. It's the law of the land. Next question. Um, But but they're going to roll that over and over. I still think, though, they're going to have a hard time with with really nailing him on the abortion issue um, because he said that Planned Parenthood does great things for women, um, which is why I think they had to trap him with that other side of the abortion question in rapid fire. Well, that's just it. I mean, uh, these are all like. And I think that people are rejecting that whole, you know, way of doing things by the media in their support both of, of Trump and also Sanders. Um, Andrew, we're reaching toward the end of the show. Let uh, my listeners know where they can get your book. Talk a little bit about the book again, and and uh, and you know, reintroduce the book a bit here. You can get the book um, on Amazon.com, HarperCollins.com, any of your local bookstores. Um, They've done massive reorders because it's already a bestseller, so I'm just so grateful and humbled. Um, working, working Mother said that it's the modern-day women. Uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, uh, and, and the perfect uh, relationship uh, manual of the 21st century. I, just, I wish that this book was around when I was younger because I've tried every mm. directive of feminism, so I write about what works, what doesn't work. I defend men a lot in this book, um, and uh, it's an honest, provocative, and very funny look at gender relations uh, in this country today. It's a pretty sad state of affairs, but um, it's been resonating with the right and the left. And even the founder of Jezebel, a very liberal website, called me and she said, okay, I'm agreeing with 95% of what you say in your book. I'm nodding. I'm dog-earing wow. pages. I like it. So if she and I can agree, um, then, then we can all come together on some of these issues instead of fighting it out. Uh, on cable news all the time. So I'm just uh, humbled mm-hmm. and grateful and wrote the book I wanted. I couldn't buy because it wasn't out there, so I decided to write it for everyone. I'm just so happy happy and thankful that um, the response has been so huge. 
That's excellent. I appreciate your work, Andrea. The book, again, is Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable. It's available at all major bookstores, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Uh, Andrea, I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The pleasure has been all mine. All right. Thank you. All right. So that is Andrea Tenteros. She is the author, again, of Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable. Uh, you might check out, not to get in a quick plug here, but my books, Chuck Morse, they're available at Amazon and Amazon Kindle as well. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, like Morse code, M-O-R-S-E, and you shall see a plethora of books come up. They uh, they basically run the run the field of issues. I've written about economy, philosophy, religion. Um, one of my latest books actually is the history of Judaism. Um, I'm presently working on a book about uh, capitalism, and uh, you might want to check them out. And uh, I really appreciate y'all joining me this afternoon. Uh, and also, uh, I shall return with uh, periodic podcasts from time to time. It's great to be back on the air. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a nice day. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.